On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. I am so pleased today to be di- to be discussing a topic that is on everyone's minds. It goes from entertainment to the White House, literally. I'm talking about the Jesse Smollett issue. Um, and I'm talking with none other than TMZ's own Harvey Levin. Harvey, thank you so much for joining me with this. Well, first of all, I'm talking with none other than the legendary <laughs> April Ryan. So right back at you. The, you know, you're the myth. You're the legend. You are Harvey Levin. Yeah. But, um, and I'm glad it's a, a mutual admiration society. It is. But let's, let's, let's get into this, though. So many people are heartbroken about this. Um, and, and it's not just because it's not true. It's because it deals with some very serious things at a serious moment in time and it's gone as high as presidential candidates who chimed in it's gone as far as the president of the United States who I asked the question about and he responded to it talk to me about the repercussions from entertainment into this realm of politics with Jesse Smollett well I mean first of all I don't think any of us can still definitively say what happened. Um, That said, it is clearly pointing in the direction that this was staged. Um, That's what the police believe now. This is going to go to the grand jury. Uh, The focus there now is not a hate crime, but rather whether Jesse Smollett filed a false police report. So that's clearly where it's gone. Um, But we don't know for sure. And the reason I say that, April, is because, you know, I I, I don't know what it is, whether it's us in the media, uh, social media, just the political climate, but everybody is so quick to judge these days instantly that I think you know, I, I, I don't think this is going to give people pause because that's just the kind of instinctive reaction that people have. And now people are kind of walking it back because everybody reacted to this one way at the beginning. And now all of a sudden, you know, candidates and others are walking it back because now evidence is kind of revealed. And I think that, you know, that is an underlying huge problem in this society right now that people are, you know, are into insta-justice, you know, without necessarily hearing underlying facts. And it happens in Senate hearings, it happens with presidents, it happens everywhere. And I think that's a really important lesson that probably will not be learned from this, but I think it's, it's true. Um, and, and, and to me, that's such an important point. That said, you're right. I mean, people are reeling from this because it's like, you know, Jesse Smollett is a really well-liked person. He's well-liked on Empire, well-liked in the Hollywood community. You know, people admire him. And it's so difficult to reconcile what seems to be surfacing with the image that people have had. And I think that's one of the things that, one of the reasons people are kind of at a loss for words. Yeah, and the the stakes are so high today in 2019 on almost every level. And to have a question about something of this magnitude it's 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 unfathomable, unconscionable. But let's 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 get here. Let's go here. Hate crime. You are a lawyer, so you understand hate crime. A noun, a crime typically one involving violence that is motivated by prejudice on the basis of race, religion, sexual orientation, or other grounds. And for all the components that he offered us, it was there. And now there are well, questions. Well, maybe maybe there a little too much. 
that it just, you know, one of the reasons the police were initially suspicious, I know that publicly they said that uh, they viewed Jesse as a victim. I can tell you that almost from the beginning there was a lot of doubt in the police department. And one of the reasons there's doubt, April, you just read the definition of a hate crime, and this just hit on almost every cylinder right. and also tracked with that letter that was sent eight days before. And it just seemed too on the nose to some of the people in law enforcement. So, Harvey, and let's get into that letter. I mean, you know, as someone who is a reporter who covers everything presidential and everything comes to the White House from war to peace and everything in between, and this Jesse Smollett thing was everything in between, and I'm not even talking about the MAGA hats, okay? I'm not even going to, or, or the MAGA, the reference of MAGA. We're not going to get into that. I'm just talking about the components of it. But here's the thing, and you just talked about this letter, this hate crime letter, and, and let's just put it on the table. You know, I've received hate, hate, uh, uh, hate mail. I received death threats, and and like I've told you before, it seemed very. Once I saw that, I said this seems very um, bodyguardish, Whitney Houston esque movie ish, and I'm like, because I I, I I look through my you know letters that I have that I keep that I give to the police, and I'm like, no one cuts out things anymore. I don't. I mean, I, you know, it's very theatrical, and that was a red flag for me. But who's to say we yeah. don't know if it's true or it's not? Well, no. I, and and you know, it's it's interesting that you know the, the one of the things we know is that the police were able to track these guys because they were apparently in an Uber when they left, and then they drove a certain distance, got out of the Uber, and got in another one. And the way it was put to us by one law enforcement officer was it was like out of a bad spy novel um, that they were doing this. Uh, and the fact is there were cameras all over the place, and they caught them doing this. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, the magazine... It is the it, you know it's it's very you know I th- I think of it as Lindbergh esque that you know mm. that's, that's what they did you know back in Charles the Charles Lindbergh when, yes that's right and and you know I, I will tell you this that the brothers when they when they the the police raided their apartment they had a search warrant and they seized some magazines and there were pages cut out of the magazines so they are trying to determine you know do those pages correlate to those letters. Um, I can tell you that the people we've talked to who are directly connected to the brothers insist they did not send that letter. So I can't tell you who did or what it's, what's behind it or whether it's real or not. I just don't know. Charles Blow um, is questioning this. Um, you know, sad if it is true. Um, what, what we're hearing from the police. Um, Jonathan Capehart, you know, he had questions initially and he says it's sad if he's right you know what does this do for the 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 lgbtq community that already has to deal with with issues and then something comes out like this where there is a question and what does it do to to those communities of people of color what does it do to those communities um of, of people who've had violence um perpetrated on them and now this is there's a huge question mark there, and it could be charges against the, the, the person who says he's a victim. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it hurts. You know, it, it hurts. And, you know, for obvious reasons that the next person who says it, there is going to be a question in the minds of certain people, especially people who don't really understand, you know, the level of hatred, where they'll dismiss it and say, well, is this one real, too? Are they crying wolf? And that's really bad. 
um, and and it's bad for you know a lot of communities and you know I, look I mean is it going to ruin things for you know where people come forward with crimes I don't think so I mean I really don't I think you know one of the things we do these days is we take snapshots and say oh my god this is going to define things forever and it rarely does mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I hope that this is just another one of those situations it's, it's definitely going to hurt but I don't think this is going to be the kind of indelible, you know, mark of, you know, what happens when people report a hate crime. I really don't. I'm, it, it is going to hurt, and you know you're going to hear about it the next time it becomes a political issue or anything like that. It's going to come up. But, you know, like everything else, I think things get put in context over time. Do you think the political leaders um, like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Cory Booker, um, Kamala, Harris. Kamala Harris, yeah, do you think they will be affected by jumping to judgment on this um, on this situation? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I think on a level, it's, you know, you, you said it really well that people are so stunned and shocked that it it almost is it's so improbable that somebody would lie about this at the beginning that i think a lot of people did at face value believe it um and remember um when he said it there was no suspect at the time so it's not like people were targeting somebody and saying you did this to jesse smollett mm-hmm. it was just jesse smollett saying i was attacked and you know i i think People were quick to judge it, but like you say, it seems so improbable he'd lie about it that you can kind of understand why people would come to his defense. Well, and last two questions I have for you really fast, and I know your time is is short. Um, Cardi B, are you surprised at the influence that she had over politicians over, I mean, her, her tweet went viral over the wall that we're still talking about, um, you know, her her expletive laden comments about this wall that she doesn't want the president trump wants and um were you shocked by that shocked at her influence well shocked that i mean she even got uh chuck schumer to want to retweet it well (laughs) i mean am i shocked by it no because look cardi b is one of the biggest stars in entertainment she just is and and the other thing she is is authentic that you know there are that she there is are, oh my t- uh, april i'm telling you there are so few people you know when they become really famous they get managed they're careful in terms of what they say and how much they say for a lot of people she is the same person and people love that and you know because she has a, an authentic voice people listen to her and it might surprise that a chuck schumer or anybody else would jump on board no because look i mean people want to stay relevant and you know you start looking at the political landscape and you've got alexandria ocasio-cortez who you know is is young and relevant in terms of pop culture and everything else you got marco rubio who is heavy into hip-hop and it's a different world right now and you want to connect with younger people you know you don't want to look a lot of people go on cable you know networks and they talk about you know policies and whatnot but think about the demo for cable 
it's old. And how do you reach younger people who are going to vote, younger people who are going to take over the world? And the way to do it is to connect with them, I think, through pop culture. And I think a lot of politicians increasingly are doing that smartly because you don't want to just you, you don't want to hit the two million people sixty and over. You want to hit people who are younger, who you know are going to make the difference in the election, who maybe are haven't had enough experience that they don't know how they stand and they can be influenced more. So I think. You know, if Chuck Schumer is connecting to what Cardi B is saying, that makes Chuck Schumer smart. Huh. And lastly, R. Kelly, you know, um, Me Too, um, we have muted him. There's another sex tape. You know, why hasn't the FBI, I mean, we've seen this, this major special on him on Lifetime. Why hasn't the FBI done something? Why hasn't the federal government done anything yet? Well, I think they are looking. Um, and, you know, and this, look, there's a grand jury that's already convened. I know that um, some of the, that there are some women who have come forward and actually flown out uh, to Chicago to meet with prosecutors who have looked at this tape to see if they can identify the surroundings in the tape. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's moving forward. I do. Huh. Harvey, I so appreciate you. I so appreciate you. Thank you to you and TMZ for keeping us informed as always. And and I got to tell you, April, you know, you, and, and I'm not saying this because of what you just said, but I have felt this way so strongly for so long that you are just one of those rare voices. Oh, my gosh. In, I mean that. In Washington, where it's so needed, where you feel like there is this kind of, I mean, it, it, you know, it's there, there's an accountability that you bring to, you know, your work. And, Thank you know, you. when you stand up and when you ask questions, I got to tell you, I listen and a lot of people listen oh. and they're really thankful for it. Well, we need to have lunch. Let's stop being thankful and have lunch soon. I appreciate you, Harvey. Are you coming to me or am I coming to you? We'll figure it out. When you come to D.C., let me know. When I'm coming to L.A., I'll let you know. Love you, Harvey. It's got to get a little warmer. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.